What's up, guys? You're now listening to Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 55, and we're going to cover Numbers chapter 25 through 27. So yesterday we covered all four oracles of Balaam. He's looked like this godly guy. He's only prophesied what God has told him to prophesy. We're going to get a very important chapter in chapter 25. Look at what happens, how the scene switches, and look at what Israel does. So let me pick up in verse 1. While Israel remained at Shadim, the people began to play the harlot with the daughters of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel joined themselves to Baal of Peor, and the Lord was very angry against Israel. Notice the shift of scene. You just come out of these beautiful prophecies from Balaam. Now, all of a sudden, Israel is playing a harlot with women, and they're being enticed to go and worship these false gods. And you have to ask yourself, who set this up? Who caused them to fall? And that's what I've been hitting at. Two things set this up for us. We're going to read later that Israel is going to kill Balaam. They're going to get him. And that should ask you, why did they do that? But then you'll see later in Revelation where God says that he despised the way of Balaam. So what is he getting at here? And when you put those pieces together, what you come to find out is that, yeah, God did use this false prophet. He hijacked his mouth and only spoke his oracles through him because that's just how sovereign he is. He can hijack any process he wants in the world because everything belongs to him. But you have to know that Balaam isn't of God. He's for himself. He wanted that money. And so after God finished with him, he doubled back to Balak and he said, look, you want to get Israel. You're not going to get Yahweh to turn on Israel because he fights for them. But you can get Israel to turn on Yahweh. And this is what's happening in chapter five. This is why this chapter is so important. Israel playing the harlot. It works. It infuriates God. Let's continue to read what happens. The Lord is angry. And the Lord says to Moses, get this. He says, take all the leaders. This is in verse four of the people and execute them in broad daylight. Why do you do that? Because they need to be made an example of, so that the fierce anger may turn away against Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, each of you slay his men who have joined themselves with Baal of Peor. And then we, then we get another lewd act. I'm going to try to veil my language as best as I can. But in verse 6, there's this son of Israel. He takes a Midianite woman and they start engaging in a sexual sin right in front of the tabernacle, right in front of the tent of meeting. And this guy named Phineas, the zeal of the Lord just overtakes him. He takes a spear. And he just drives it through them both. He shish kebabs them. And I want you to hear what the Lord says about this action. He says in verse 7, When Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he arose in the midst of the congregation and took a spear in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and pierced both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through the body. So the plague of the sons of Israel was checked. Those who died were 24,000. These people are dropping left and right. We saw 14,700. We see this number. We see the leaders dying. And basically, this is why the very next chapter we come into, we get a new census of the new generation because pretty much everybody has died off. 
And in this census in chapter 26, this is our generation that Joshua is going to lead. And so you will hear the leadership being transferred to Joshua in chapter 27. But let's take a look at this census. So you got in verse 7, you got Reuben, 43,730. Their number decreases. Remember, they were, remember, Dathan and Abiram led out that rebellion. And it's interesting how if you see a tribe being rebellious during the wilderness, their numbers decrease. And if you see a tribe being obedient, their tribe number increases. Simeon is 22,200. They lose almost 40,000 people. Gad loses about 5,000 people in verse 18. They have 40,500. Judah increases in 1,900 people. They have 76,500. This is verse 22. Manasseh increases the most. They increase 20,500, and they have a total of 52,700. And so you know what I mean by increasing, right? Not that you're adding to the number of chapter one. All of those people have died off. You have a complete new census. Remember, the total of the last census was 603,500. But the total of this census is in verse 51. It's 601,730. But in verse 11 as well, it talks about the sons of Korah, however, did not die. And this is what gives us another puzzle piece to be able to put that psalm together in Psalm 47 that they wrote because they got to experience the sin of their father and they worship God from it. Then we move into chapter 27 and it talks about the daughters of Zelophehad. And this is interesting because they come to Moses and say, look, our father died in the wilderness, which is a natural statement, right? Because everybody was killed off. But they remind Moses that our father did not participate in that rebellion with Dathan and the Byron, with Korah's rebellion. And so they ask and they remind Moses that he died in his own sin and he had no sons. And so they're asking, may we have our portion of the land when we get there? They're saying, give us a portion, verse four, along with our brothers. And so Moses brought their case to the Lord and the Lord says, hey, the daughters are right in their statement. And I love this. And there are the tribe of Manasseh. And you saw how much the tribe of Manasseh grew when we were looking at the census in chapter 26. That tells us that God loves people that pursue his will. He wanted Israel to have land, a great nation, a seed, and to be blessed. And Zelophehad daughters are concerned about the land. And so God is blessing them. If you're concerned about the things God is concerned about, He'll get behind you and bless you. And this is an encouragement to us and the things we should pursue in this life. We shouldn't pursue the things that Satan promises in Matthew 4, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We should pursue the things God promises. And if we pursue those, we can pursue those boldly, knowing that his answer is always yes and amen. How about prayers for more holiness? How about prayers for more righteousness? How about prayers for love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, joy, faithfulness, all of the fruit of the Spirit? You can pray these things with boldness. You can come before the Lord with great boldness, asking him for humility, asking him to see yourself the way you ought to see yourself. 
and to view yourself the way he views you and to learn and grow in your identity in Christ. So kudos Zalephahaz's daughters. This is the stuff of the second generation. We're getting a different spirit now. We're getting a people of faith. And we're going to see something about this second generation. They're going to be amazing. It's going to be exciting to follow their journey. But we have to end the chapter out with Moses passing the leadership on to Joshua. So let's look at that at verse 15 of 27. Then Moses spoke to the Lord saying, May the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who will go out and come in before them and who will lead them out and bring them in so that the congregation of the Lord will not be like a sheep with no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit and lay your hand on him and have him stand before Eliezer, the priest, and before all the congregation and commission him in their sight. You shall put some of your authority on him in order that all of the congregation of the sons of Israel may obey him. Moreover, he shall stand before Eliezer, the priest, who shall inquire for him by the judgment, look at this, of the Umrim before the Lord. At his command, they shall go out, and at his command, they shall come in, both he and the sons of Israel with him, even all of the congregation. Moses did just as the Lord commanded him, and he laid hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord had spoken through Moses. And that's how our chapter ends. We get our next leader. And we're about to move into Joshua and we have to take a pit stop in Deuteronomy. Obviously, because we got a new census, we got a new generation. We got to repeat everything. We just repeated to the first generation over to the second generation. So I'm going to try my best to make Deuteronomy not boring because really it's the law all over again because we got to tell it to a new people. That should be encouraging because God is serious about communicating his word to the next generation. But that's going to be hard for us because we got to work through the same material again. Now, granted, God does update and advance some things so we can pick up on some of those, which is why we talked about there are 613 laws, 248 positive and 365 negative. Some more of those are found in Deuteronomy, which is why I say we get some updated material because we get new laws as well. But for the most part, it's going to be a regurgitation of what we've already read. But closing out, did you all catch what God said? That the congregation of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd? Who said this? Remember, Jesus saw the crowd and they were like sheep without a shepherd. And what did he do? He appointed the next leader. Nuh-uh. He began to teach. Why is that? There is no leader for him to appoint. He is the new Joshua. He is the new conqueror and he will conquer the world. He is the true shepherd of Psalm 23. He is the Lord. And so he has no one to appoint. He has to begin teaching because he is here. The true leader, the true Israel, the true David is here to bring salvation to all mankind. And we're on this podcast today learning about him because we're beneficiaries of his ministry some 2,000 years ago. And we're still sitting at his feet, even to this day, learning from him. Let's continue to do that together, guys. You have a good day.